Well, good morning. Few changes today. All right. Some of you had trouble finding your seat. It uh, it moved. Okay. Oh, we are so glad to see you, and we're so thankful to God for being back in uh, our worship center here. And uh, as pastor, I thank you. It's because you give. It's because you pray. It's because you serve. Because you reach out. It's because you do the mission that God has given us. So I thank you so very, very much for that. And we are here today to worship, to celebrate, and then to go and be all God wants us to be. Our theme for this Christmas season is Christmas drama. Now, how many of you were in a Christmas play at church, in the Christmas pageant? Okay, raise them high. You should be proud, okay? How many of you were Mary? Ken, you were not Mary. Cut it out, all right? Any Marys? Yep, got a few. How many of you were Joseph? Joseph's? Yep, okay, very good. How many of you are a wise man? Oh, yeah, okay, shepherds? Okay, how many of you innkeepers? Any innkeepers here today? Okay, we got an innkeeper back there. I read about uh, 12-year-old Jake. Uh, He was so upset that he did not get the role of Joseph. He got the innkeeper. He was really ticked off, so he hatched this plot to get even. And when Joseph knocked on the door and said, is there any room in the inn? He said, yes, there is. I say the best room for you. (laughs) Well, Joseph didn't know what to do, but he was a quick thinker. And so he he said, sir, I have looked inside. Your inn is dirty. He said, I would not let my wife stay in a dump like this. He said, I would rather sleep with the sheep than sleep here with the pigs. Goodbye. (laughs) Christmas dramas, okay? I call them bathrobe dramas because I always had to wear my bathrobe, all right? Christmas dramas. But really, our theme is not about those Christmas plays. It's about the drama that so often is taking place in our lives. And a lot of times, it's when we least want it at Christmas time. Now, when we think about the Christmas dramas, you know, I mean, they are just so calm and so peaceful and so forth. But, you know, Christmas drama is real in our life. For many, it's financial distress. For many, it's an illness. For many, it's a job situation. A lot of people are very lonely at Christmas. Some have to be with family members, and the family's just torn apart by conflict and strain and stress. It's the crisis of life that that pop up, and sometimes at the time we don't want them the most, Christmas. Maybe it's the death of a spouse or a child. Christmas can be a very traumatic time. Did you know that suicides spike right before and then after Christmas? I heard of a deputy sheriff who said, I hate Christmas. That's when I have to go tell a family that a loved one has committed suicide. And he added this. And most of them are not in poor neighborhoods. They're in Longboat Key or Bird Key. I had an insurance agent tell me this week that the life expectancy in the United States last year declined for the first time, despite 
our advances in medical technology. And why is it declining? Stress, drugs, suicides. Here's something else shocking. Most of the Christmas carols don't give an accurate picture of the first Christmas. Away in a manger, baby awakes, but little Lord Jesus, what? No crying he makes. Now, do you think that's really true? I'm sure he was cried just like any other baby. And Joseph, he's always depicted as cool and calm and composed. No, he was probably running around like a chicken with his head cut off trying to find a place to stay for that night. His wife probably already in labor. And then he had to deliver a baby, probably for the first time in his life. What about Mary? She's depicted as smiling and serene, you know. She was in labor. <laughs> she was probably screaming in pain and probably screaming at her husband. Uh, not that I would know anything about that. Uh, friend. There was more Christmas drama the first Christmas than you will ever know in your life. There was the drama of a teenage girl engaged, finding out she's pregnant. There was the drama of telling her parents that it was a virgin birth, telling her fiancé. Enduring the gossip of the women in town and the lustful looks of men. The first Christmas had drama that you wouldn't believe and that you would not want. And so this morning, yet last week we talked about Mary. This morning we want to talk about the shepherds. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 gives us the real story, okay? Luke chapter 2, verse 8. That night, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. <laughs> were they excited? No. They were terrified. They were terrified. The, the night Christ was born, there was drama in the dark. Okay? Now, you know, drama's bad enough during the day. But, you know, it's compounded. It's, it's worse at night. Uh, when I was a teenager, we were going to Life Conference that uh, we talk about uh, every three years. Uh, uh, teens from all over the United States go to this great, great conference, Life Conference. Well, I lived in Virginia. We were driving from Virginia all the way to Colorado. It was a three or four day trip. We stayed one night at someone's house and we had to get up very early. In fact, it's like the middle of the night to make it uh, to the, that next day. And the plan was, there were nine of us, the plan was that the girls would wake up and shower first and all that. And then they would wake up us guys up because we didn't have an uh, alarm clock or anything. Well, Cindy volunteered to wake us up. All right. We called Cindy Hairspray Cindy. And that's because when we were in the band, she would spray her hair. You know, that's back when hair was puffy. She loved to do that, not for the sake of her hair, but for the sake of annoying us. Well, anyway, uh, Hairspray Cindy volunteered to wake us up. And so at 3 a.m., 
where sound, the guy's sound asleep. She bursts in the room. She turns on the light. There must have been 20,000 100-watt bulbs, you know, that went on. And then she shouts, time to get up. Well, we just jumped. I mean, we were just terrified, okay? But it had to be worse for the shepherds than that. I mean, can you imagine? They were blinded by It's dark. And, and then all of a sudden they're blinded by this brilliant light of the glory of the Lord. One day you'll get to see that. You'll be amazed. You'll fall on your face as well. They were blinded, they, or they were terrified by this gigantic army. It says the armies of heaven, this army of angels. And they were singing their praise to God. Now, I just have to tell you that angels don't sing like you and me, you know. Oh, hope nobody hears me. I mean, angels, they let her rip. I mean, they know how awesome and wonderful God is. And you just can't keep them quiet. They sing at the top of their lungs, okay? Now, earlier that night, all of the shepherds went to sleep except for one, the one that was on guard, the one that was watching. And they all went to sleep because they thought it was just another night at work. And they had no clue what God was up to for that night. And friend, I just want to say it's the same for you and me. We have no idea most days what God's really up to and what great things he wants to do. But he does. We just think it's another day. And in fact, I would say, you know, really, most of us, we have the problem of being asleep to what? To God. What God wants to do in us that day, and through us that day, and for us that day. And we've all asked this question, God, why'd you let this happen? God, why'd you let this happen, and why'd you let it happen now? Why doesn't God spare us from that drama? We all, we all get it in our life. Why doesn't God spare us? And here is one of the reasons. For most of us humans, drama is about the only thing that wakes us up. That wakes us up to God. That wakes us up to what matters. When people are baptized, when people uh, become members of the church, we ask them to share their story with. Almost all of them share it was some drama that showed them they needed the Lord. Years ago, I was asked to do a funeral for a, a senior high school student at Riverview High. Uh, I knew him. I knew the family. I knew him. His name, his name was DJ. They called him DJ. There were 300 students who showed up for his funeral. They packed the place. I mean, they were standing there. And I, and I share, I always share the gospel at a funeral. Because that's the only time some people will even listen to it. And I just said, I was closing up. I said, and so I just want to tell you today that if you really want to get right with God and you really want to know that you've received the gift of eternal life, then you pray a prayer like this. And I just started, I said, you know, dear Heavenly Father, well, you know what happened? At least a hundred of them started praying out loud. And I just went through that phrase. I was totally, I, I wasn't expecting a response. 
God allows and sometimes even creates drama for good because that wakes us up to what God wants to do to wake us up and make us think about what matters, to show us how much we need God, to get us to do what God wants us to do. And you see, we all get off track with our life purpose now and then. All of all, all we like sheep have what? Gone astray. Life will do that to us. God allows drama to get us back on track with our life mission, with our life purpose. Why are we here? Why did God create us? Why did God save us by the, through the Lord Jesus Christ? What is he calling us to do, our life purpose? Verse 8 says that the shepherds were living out in the fields. And that's pr pretty much accurate. I mean, they really had to live out in the fields. They had to take the sheep to different pastures. They didn't live in houses and work an eight-hour shift. No, they, they lived out in the field. But, you know, I think that's true spiritually for them, too, because I think shepherding, they came to see that as their life purpose. Their job was their life purpose. And I think that's true because <laughs> I meet people all the time who think that my life purpose is, is my job. And they dedicate themselves, and that's, it's all consuming, and that's the most important thing. Friend, your job is not your mo the most important thing. You're going to lose that job one day. You're not going to have that job in eternity. There won't be shepherds in heaven. There won't be surgeons in heaven. There won't be school teachers in heaven. Just sons and daughters of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. God did not create us to live for our work. That is not our life purpose. God gave the very first invitation to go and meet the Messiah to who? Shepherds, all right? Not to the priests. Not to the religious people. Not to the well-educated. Not to the VIPs. Shepherds were the lowest on the rung of society. Why did God give the first invitation to lowly shepherds? Because God sent his son to save us all. No one's too low. And friend, this is important for us. No one's too high either. We all need a savior. We're all sinners. The rich and the poor, the powerful, the weak. The well-educated, the uneducated, we all need a Savior. Well, he comes. He comes in all his glory. And verse 9 says, <laughs> they were terrified. But, verse 10, the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. This is God's gift. This is for you. This is good. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, Christ the Lord, has been born today in the city of Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this. Here's a sign. You're going to find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth. That was common. But here's what's uncommon. You'll be lying in a manger. You know, uh, I love history, and there have been some important battles that have been fought at Christmas. 
and the one of the most important, and certainly the one most important for us, is what happened on Christmas Day, 1776. George Washington was leading the badly undermanned, starving, small continental army against the most powerful army in the world, the British Empire. Well, on Christmas Day, he told his army, we're breaking camp. That night, they crossed the Delaware River. You've seen the picture. They marched all night toward Trenton, New Jersey. Early before sunrise, they invaded the city that the British and the Hessians held, and they recaptured the city. And the battle for Trenton, the Battle of Trenton was probably the turning point in that war. Otherwise, you'd be saying, tip, tip, cheerio, all right? <laughs> but friend, the Trenton invasion by Washington is nothing compared to the Christmas invasion by Jesus Christ. 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem, the Son of God came down to recapture us from our sin. The angel gave three names to this baby. Now, most of us have three names, all right? First name, middle name, last name, right? Well, these three names, they're not just for his first, middle, and last name, okay? They reveal his identity. He is, the angel said, he's the Lord. Now, we use the Lord in all kinds of ways. Good Lord, okay? Now, Lord means unrivaled, unquestioned, undefeated sovereign ruler. His second name is Jesus. That literally means the Lord is my salvation. It means Savior. He fought a vicious, deadly battle to save you, to rescue you, to protect you forever. The third name, Christ, or Hebrews Messiah, same word, all right? He is the Messiah. He's the one that's anointed. That's what the Lord literally means. He's anointed to be the king, the ruler forever and ever and ever. Jesus Christ came on Christmas Day 2,000 years ago to defeat sin and death. And friend, that's good news. Now here's even better news. One day he's coming again. One day he's coming again. And you know what? If we're using that battle analogy, one day he's coming again for the mop-up mission. I mean, to bring it all together, the final victory. It's recorded for us in Revelation 19. I love this. John's given a vision. He says, I see, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse. This is the second coming, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice, he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but himself. He is dressed, dressed in a robe that's dipped in blood, the blood that he shed on the cross for you and for me. And his name is the word of God. He is truth. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. And coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty against wickedness. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings 
and Lord of Lords. He's coming back, friends. Are you ready? That's the ultimate event. Some of us were planning for a vacation. Some of us were planning, well, planning for Christmas, all right? Some of us were planning for retirement. Some of us maybe were planning for death, friend. The ultimate coming event is the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he wants to be ready because he wants to come for you. But back to his first coming. Back to Luke chapter 2, verse 13. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Then when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We got to do something. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village, and they found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. What did the sheep, what did the shepherds do? Did they keep on watching the sheep? Did they say, well, you know, it's not, well, well no, I guess they couldn't do that. Did they say, well, it's not time to, to, to clock out? Oh, man, we'll get in trouble if we leave. No, what did they do? Keep on watching their sheep? No, they left their sheep. Why? Because they knew their sheep weren't as important as the Lamb of God. Friend, do you know that your work, the thing you give yourself to, is not as important as the Son of God? Verse 17, after seeing him, what did they do then? Go back home? Keep it a secret? No, they told Everyone, what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. That night, the shepherds realized their life purpose wasn't to watch sheep, wasn't to build up their retirement fund, wasn't to enjoy themselves. It was to worship and to be a witness. To worship and to be a witness. That's what God called the shepherds to do. He revealed their life purpose. Worship the Son of God. Be a witness of him, Christian. That's what God calls us to do. Want to know your life purpose? There it is. You'll have different stages to it. You'll do it in different places. But that's our life purpose. To worship. To be a witness. And when you do that, you will experience what the shepherds experienced. Great joy. Great joy. Because you will be what God has called you, created you, and called you to be. What's your life purpose? Oh, you just read the New Testament. You find out very clearly. In Acts chapter 1, it says this. When you embrace Jesus Christ... You will receive power when the Holy Spirit, His Spirit, comes to live in you. You will receive power, and you will be my witnesses. Friend, that's the reason God put you here on earth. To know Him and to make Him known. That's the reason Jesus Christ hasn't come back yet. 
because he's not willing that any should perish. Because you know people that have not yet embraced Jesus Christ as their Savior. And he's going to enable you to tell them. What did the shepherds do in Luke 2, 17? After seeing him, they told everyone. Verse 20, they went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they've heard and seen. After worshiping the Son of God, friend, they couldn't be silent. You couldn't stop them from telling everyone about the Lord Jesus. And friend, that's a reality. That's a truth. That true worshipers, if we truly come into God's presence, if we truly meet Jesus Christ as our Savior and realize what he has done for us, if we truly worship him, we're going to become witnesses. True worshipers become true witnesses. God's plan is that we come here to worship together. We go out to witness to others. Now, what time is it here? All right. I'm going to do something that's going to shock you. Although I've done those things before, so maybe you're not shocked. Okay. All right. Good. Okay. We're going to pass the offering plates again. <gasps> oh, someone. No. No, you're. We're not going to take a second offering, okay. In fact, you're not going to put anything in the offering plate. You're going to take something out of it. Ushers, if you'd uh, stand up and go to the back and get ready, they're going to pass the offering plate, and there are these packs of cards, and they have a rubber band around them. So I want everybody to take one of those packs, okay. So go ahead, guys. Just go ahead. Start uh, passing those out. Pass it down the row. Take one of those stacks of cards. It's got the... Uh, a little rubber band around it, and I'll give you some instructions in just a minute here, all right? Okay, they're all the same. You don't have to check each one out. You know, just, just, just take one. All right. There's, uh, there's no door prize. There's nothing that's numbered on it. You know, or whatever. Just, uh, they're all the same. Thank you so much. I appreciate you doing that. All right. We miss anybody yet? Got. got couple rows up here. All right. Thank you so much. Everybody got one? Anyone not have one? You haven't been? Uh, all right. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate uh, your passing those out. Uh, friend, okay. Now, everybody here today knows why Jesus came. Jesus didn't come to start a new holiday, right? We, everybody here knows why Jesus came. I mean, it, it's, it's simple. He came to offer himself as a sacrifice for our sin, to die in our place. We all know that. And those who accept his gift and say, hey, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior, and it's Jesus and Jesus, forgive me of my sins and come into my life. That, that's, that's why we're here. That's the good news, all right? 
You don't have to know everything in this book, but that's the gospel. That's the good news. We, we all know why he came. This morning we've talked about what he calls all of us to do, right? To come and worship and then to go and witness. That's our mission. Before he left in Matthew, go make disciples. Spread the word. That's what the shepherds did, and they did it. And you couldn't keep them silent, uh, keep, uh, keep them from not doing that. And it brought them great joy. You know, some of us don't have the joy in our Lord in our life. But, you know, when we do, when we come and worship, truly worship him, set aside ourselves and worship him, and then we go out and tell others, we have joy. Now, we're all called, all of us uh, Christ followers are called to be witnesses. And the, but the reality is that most Christians are afraid to do it. And so we say, well, I can't. I, you know, I can't talk to people about that stuff. But you know everything there is to know. Others of you say, well, you know, I mean, I just don't know enough. And here's a big one. You know, well, what if they ask me a question? And I, you know, and I don't know the answer. So this morning, what you took out of that offering plate is a tool, a very helpful tool to help you live out your life pur purpose as witnesses. Okay? Well, how can you be a witness? Okay. Before you leave the house in the morning, although I hope some of you do this today, you just we're going to close with prayer and we're going to pray this prayer, but I hope... Every day before you leave the house, you say, God, thank you for saving, thank you for sending Jesus to save me. And I want to live out my calling. I want to please you. I want to do what you created me to do and called me to do. So, Lord, today, I want to be a witness. Take those cards with you, okay? And you just expect, if you pray that prayer, you just expect God's going to put someone in your path. Maybe it's someone at work. Maybe it's uh, somebody behind you in the line at the store. Hey, you've got a captive audience. You know, they can't get in front of you, and there's probably people behind them, okay? And you know what you do? You just turn around and smile and be nice, okay? And not act like you're in a hurry and, you know, why in the world is that taking so long and all that kind of stuff. You just be nice. And then you just look at them and just say, you know, <laughs> I'd like to invite you to a church. And hand them a card. And you say, you know, this is a church and we just love to have you. And, and then you can add this if you feel like it. You say, you know, a lot of people have questions, you know. Well, turn on the back of the card. Which, which Did you look at the back already? Okay. And there's a website. And they can go that. It's SarasotaLions.org, but then slash ask. And we have nine or ten videos on there that answer the kinds of questions that people are asking. And we're going to put more on as we find more things. And see, this will take away that fear you have. Well, what if they ask me something I don't know? Okay? Now, all, every one of us can say, hey, I'd like to invite you to my church. Right? Could you say that? Hey, I'd like, of course you can. And if you have any questions, hey, that website there is really, really helpful and really, really good. See, we're called to be witnesses. And I just encourage you, I ask you, let, let's, let's be the church. Let, let's be real 
followers of Jesus Christ. That's our life purpose. That's our meaning. Now, I know. I know that you want to please God. You wouldn't be here this morning. <laughs> you didn't want to please God some way, right? I know you'd want to do that. And I think that most of you really do want to <laughs> do what matters, not just for this life, but for the life to come. Life to come is a lot longer. never ends. And I believe that most of you want to carry out your life purpose. And friends, this is one way you can do that. By this week, saying to three people, and if you want more cards, take more cards. They're in the offering plate. Just say to them, hey, I'd like you to invite you to my church. Now, when you do that, you may, you're probably going to feel a little afraid. Maybe you're going to feel a little awkward. But you know what? I believe you're going to know that you have done what God asked you to do. And that you're going to experience the joy of that. And that God is going to bless you and use you. So here's my question. How many of you are willing to do that? How many of you? You're going to raise your hand right now. I'm going to, I am going to trust God. I'm going to believe that God's going to work in this way. I am going to do that this week. Would you raise your hand, please? Thank you. That's our mission. That's our mission, to be witnesses, to invite someone to hear the good news. And you see, it's not just hearing the good news. It's being part of the family of God, the body of Christ. That's where we grow. That's where we encourage each other. That's where we help each other. That's where we all pray for each other. Those things are so important in living that Christian life. So that's why you invite them to church. Yeah, no, coming to church doesn't save you. Coming to church helps them grow and be a Christ follower. Thank you so much. Now, thank you for raising your hand. Next week, I'm going to ask you if you did it. Yeah. And you know what else? We're going to hear some encouraging stories next week. We're going to hear some things that God did that just totally surprised you and shocked you and blessed you. Let's pray. Oh, Father. 2,000 years ago, you gave up your son for me, for us. I don't think I could do give up my son, but you did. You knew he would die on a cross, but you knew that was the only way that uh our sins could be forgiven. There had to be a perfect sacrifice. There had to be a sacrifice that could cover the sins of everybody who ever lived. And the only one that could accomplish that was your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the sinless one. Oh, God, thank you that you want us in your heaven. You want us there so much, you let your son step off the throne and enter the womb of Mary to be born here on earth, to live among us, and then to die on a cross, rejected by the world. Oh, God, we praise you for your love. And we want to live out the calling, our life purpose, our calling, why you created us. 
So, Lord, I know you're going to help us. I know you're going to do some amazing, wonderful things here this week in our lives as we take a next step in not just knowing Jesus but making him known, not just worshiping him ourselves but being a witness and bringing others to worship him too. So, God, I just praise you. Now, while your head's bowed, friend, if you've never embrace ask Jesus Christ to be your savior you need a savior we all do we can't work our way to heaven no one could be that good to, to earn a perfect place if you could be saved by your good works God never would have let his son die like that you need a savior we all do and God gave him to us the Lord Jesus Christ invite him in he's knocking at the door of your heart invite him in and then live for him, walk with him, be a witness of him. And Father, I thank you again. I thank you for the great things that you're going to do in, in our lives. And not, not just in the people we talk to, in our lives as we grow, as we take a step of faith that requires courage, Lord, you're going to do it. And I praise you so very much. In Jesus' name, amen. And friend, this is the greatest time of year to do it. Hey, with the Sunday morning service, with our Christmas Eve service, this is the greatest time to help others come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. All right, you're ready to leave tonight. Oh, event we love. <laughs> the children's musical, uh, 5 o'clock, and then the bonfire at 6 o'clock, okay? Now, this is an event. We don't do this just to have fun ourselves. We do this because this is the kind of event you can invite your friends and family members to, and they will thoroughly enjoy it. The bonfire, s'mores, uh, Christmas cookies, uh, whatever uh, things going on. Now, we, we do want to do a lot of the prep work here today, so we need some volunteers uh, in the gym. We're going to roll out the, the carts with the tables and chairs because we're eating outside now. It's going to be a beautiful evening, all right? But if you could, if you have a few minutes sorry, to spare, go over to the gym, and uh, Josh, Pastor Josh will be directing you there, helping you there, uh, know what to do. It won't be heavy work or long work, uh, but we could use some volunteers in doing that. Uh, and then I hope to see you tonight at 5 o'clock for the children's musical, then the bonfire at 6 o'clock, and then praise God for all he's going to do. Oh, praise God for the privilege of being back in our worship service. I praise God for you. Now let's serve him. Let's serve him. Amen? Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. See you tonight.